0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Backstory by Commercial Observer. PropTech, once the hottest niche of commercial real estate, and then the pandemic struck. The industry saw astronomical growth, but like all great things, faced its own set of challenges. In today's episode, we dive deep into the Commercial Observer's PropTech Powerless for 2023 exploring how an industry that exploded onto the scene in 2010 faced turbulent times but might just be on the cusp of a comeback. We're talking billions in venture capital, startups pivoting amidst a global crisis, and how big legacy names are now hungry for cutting-edge technology. Sit tight as we unpack what's truly powering Proptech in these transformative times.
1: Hi, this is Tom Acatelli, Commercial Observer. I'm talking to Philip Russo, who writes our PropTech Insider Weekly Newsletter. And we are discussing the Power PropTech 2023 list and how it came together. The list is public and available on our website and in our print edition. Phil, this was a particularly... Difficult one to put together. And one of the reasons is because of the changes in the prop tech industry in the last 12 to 18 months.
2: Yeah, it's been a strange scenario. Uh, you would think coming out of COVID that things would be easier, but no, uh, there have been some problems, uh, including lots of high interest rates that keep spiking and inflationary pressures that have led to big challenges for the ProcTech sector of real estate, uh, including the bad results of some startups going completely out of business. Um, Given that, we are looking at a slight increase in people's Uh, ability to get funding, or at least the optimism that funding is going to open up a little more. And in fact, I think you will see that in PropTech Insider over the next couple of weeks as some funding stories break for us uh, that will indicate a little bit of opening up of the pipeline of funding from venture capitalists. And this is particularly interesting and important because in the midst of the macroeconomic challenges of the last 12 to 18 months, one of them was uh, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Uh which was particularly significant because there were few banks funding startups to begin with in comparison to VCs. So that's a big tranche right there of uh, a change in the uh, marketplace, the landscape of tech.
1: Yeah, the, the regional banking crisis in the spring, that, that certainly made for uh, interesting coverage and reading. One of the big themes of tech prior to the slowdown was that VC money and other funds were pouring in. It, the PropTech seemed to just grow and grow. Because I know when we did this list last year in 2022, it was a little bit easier because the entire sector seemed to be going in one direction. I, I just want to talk about, you know, how we looked into deciding who was on the list. And one of the ways we did that, a big way, was deciding where there's growth. Like what sort of technology is particularly in demand, and I, you know, I wondering if you could you could talk a little bit more about that, Phil.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what you're finding is that as normal in any funding scenario, um, VCs had tightened the um, spigot on uh, funding, and when they opened it, it was only for solutions from prop tech startups for real demand in the real estate industry, it wasn't just we have a better widget. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, two guys on paper who think we're really smart. Give us money. That's over, um, and it it probably will not come back for a while in on that end of the funding spectrum. But for companies that have a, a real solutions. Particularly in an area like ESG, which had continues, despite all challenges in the macro economy, to be in demand in the real estate world, um, those companies have a much better chance of being funded and growing. And the last part of that is there are a limited number, there have been always, of VCS in the Proptech area specifically. There are some general VCs who have entered it, but they pulled back a little bit in the last 12, 18 months. But the ones who are dedicated, it's a small number. And so they are really refocused on specific kinds of prop tech that they want to fund. In the macro uh, of prop tech, it would be something like construction tech or Uh, the paper chase kind of limiting or aiding in mortgage uh, process kind of tech. So you have um, a a refocusing and a narrowing of vision uh, to some extent that I think uh, you will continue to see at least through the end of this year.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. One of the things that I ran across talking to some of the entrants on the tech list this year, was that there's a lot of opportunity still outside of the United States. In other words, things might be maturing here and slowing down a bit and narrowing in the U.S., but globally there's still a lot of opportunity in technology for real estate.
2: Excellent point. Uh, Not only in foreign uh, uh, countries are there great growth, whether, whether you're talking about Europe, Which in many ways is ahead of us in fields like ESG or Latin America, where we're seeing uh, a region of the globe come up in prop tech that had been off the radar four years ago, even maybe three years ago. But within the United States, partly driven by cost effectiveness and partly driven by uh, the ability to have 5G everywhere connectivity, you're seeing more prop tech startups being developed in parts of the country outside of New York, Boston, Chicago. Um, you're seeing Tampa. You're seeing Austin. You're seeing Utah. You know, you're seeing places that one would not have thought of four, four or five years ago.
1: Right. And I think that reflects, and I know you wrote about this for PropTech Insider, that there is an, a relative increase in investor confidence you wrote about the you know the MetaProp confidence index for mid-year twenty twenty three for late twenty twenty three is showing an uptick from a low or lows in twenty twenty-two, correct? I mean, there is that desirability to put money into some of these firms. The thing is, it's just changing what what gets invested in now.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Um, I think what you're finding is that the bar was very low going into this mid-year survey of uh, investors and startup execs by Metaprop. Um, That is the first survey that was ever done in the industry. I have a little pat on the back. I helped create it back when I was with Metaprop. So it's it's still looked at as one of the most, uh, if not the most, uh, reliable. And what it found in mid-year is that investor confidence had started ticking up, not gigantically, but, you know, very much positive compared to the last year, Um, while entrepreneur sentiment uh, also ticked up, but it was lagging behind. Um, I think a lot of uh, startups who have a lot of pressure on them to begin with normally, and particularly in technology, as the technology funding pipeline closed down overall, we're feeling more nervous. And I think it's going to take them a little longer to regain their total confidence or what passes for it these days.
1: Right. I I want to talk, Phil, about, you know, how we, you know, what the the entrants on the power prop tech list have in common. And one of the things we try to do a Commercial Observer on all of our power lists is look at influence. Because influence doesn't necessarily come from the size of the uh, size or the you know the worth or the you know the market cap of a company. It can come through other things. But all 30 of all 30 entrants on this power prop tech list have influence in the industry. And can you talk about some other things that, that sort of hold them together and that they have in common?
2: So what we're seeing now as compared to the last four, five, six years, is more mature prop tech. We're not seeing the Single. I've got a great idea, me and my partner uh, have great stuff on paper, give us lots of money. We're not seeing that. What we're seeing is more mature PropTech platforms that are aggressive in acquisitions um, and have been for a number of years and continue to be, even in all the challenges of the last 18 months or so. Companies like MRI Software, um, out of the... (laughs) Uh, Cleveland suburb of Saloon, yeah. Ohio. That's right. Of all places, um, they are. They have built this platform and continue to build it. And their philosophy is: we have to have the tech, the best technology solutions, multiple for our because we deal with various kinds of real estate companies and we deal with them around the world. So we have to have lots of things that are flexible and in, and can be plugged in and plugged out. So what's that philosophy? They call it a non-point solution philosophy. And they believe, and there's some indication that they're correct, that that is going to predominate more and more in the future, certainly in the near future, because companies need to not buy um Uh, the entire package, you know, they don't want the cow in the barn and everything. They just want something Uh uh, in most cases. So this, that kind of platform is more flexible. Um, So on the other side of that is that startups um, that address just one thing are less likely to get funded unless it's an absolutely game-changing kind of technology. and There's not a lot of that um, at any point. Um, Rather than companies, startups that either do a point solution, but one that can be plugged into many platforms easily, uh, a plug-and-play kind of solution, or companies that address a through line of um, issues,
1: and I want to stress too for this list, you know, a company like North is not that large as far as employee count, but they're, they're still influential. And then, of course, there are some large VC firms that made the list, such as Fifth Wall, Metaprop is on there. There are other other uh, much older firms. There's firms connected with major ownership groups. I know RXR made the cut. And JLL's on there, it's a major brokerage. So these firms, you know, they the firm the, the entrants on the list, on our Power prop tech list 2023, run the gamut. They are early stage startups with certain desired qualities, and then all the way up to sort of these budding conglomerates of tech. So it's interesting.
2: Indeed. Um it, those what do all those companies in their various realms have in common growth they're all able to as vcs raise funds and deploy funds uh as startups they show growth in client uh, assignments um and in um incumbent real estate companies like an rxr they show increasing positive integration into the core aspects of their business using technology. And the ones who have been most committed, most broad, but focused on their core business in using technology, those are the companies in the incumbent world, uh, the traditional real estate world, that are doing the best Um, and and will continue to do so.
1: I I wanted to close out our discussion about the Power PropTech List 2023, just talking about what's ahead in the sector. I mean, you know, prognostication has its dangers, but we touched on M&A activity. Um, so I want you to know what what is ahead as far as mergers and acquisitions in PropTech. What do you think, Phil?
2: It's pretty evident from speaking to VCs um, and uh, others in the industry, but particularly VCs, that we're going um, startup to see startup-to-startup m as being highly questionable going forward. Um, there do not appear to be enough ones of quality to uh, make merging worthwhile. I think that's happened in the past. We're now in a more maturing sector, a more mature uh, his time of prop tech. And so it's not again so much the new hot idea, it's long-term value and growth that investors and users are looking for. So as we look ahead, there may be more M&A activity, but it'll be from incumbents or large platform companies, uh like an Altis or an MRI software that Gobble up prop tech startups of quality. And quality is really what they're looking for now. The bar is much higher. Uh-huh. Than it used to be. Everybody's gotten a little more sophisticated. And also, uh, VC funding should pick up, as we said earlier. But uh, it seems like that's very dependent on what the level of fear of recession is. Right now, it's pretty low according to everybody I've spoken to for the list. But, you know, if interest rates spike again in the new year, that's a different story. And In general, um, we're going to see bigger and bigger players and platforms. So a company you mentioned, like a JLL, uh, they are very aggressive in both investing in and using prop tech startups. And what they're looking for or looking to build for their clients and for their brokers is, uh, I use the old auto industry consolidation comparison, you know, there were hundreds of companies in early 20th century building cars. Essentially, now there are three in the U.S. And I heard that analogy in the year 2000 from one of the presidents of uh, an incumbent company. In fact, it was at Cushman and Wakefield. And that comparison proved way ahead of its time and more true than ever. Uh, And I think that's what you're going to be seeing, a lot of consolidation in one way or another, and a lot of companies not making it, as we've already started to see.
1: Right. Do you still think that there is room for the proverbial little guy in Proptech? Is it still hospitable for startups? Does it depend on the idea or what that idea might service?
2: The short answer is yes, because the ecosystem depends on that to keep alive. You need new things happening to justify that your tech, the world of technology is positively affecting real estate. The slightly longer answer is, again, the bar is much higher. Um, what looks like a glitzy idea has to have Real proven technological qualities and versatility, viability. And f- to get funded, you have to show investors a real growth line. You can't say, oh, you know, in two, three years, we might make some money or we might break even. No, it's got to be like first year, we're going to do this, second year, that, third year, this. It's very much more specific and tougher. It's a tougher scenario.
1: I did want to, uh, you know, end on a positive note. Though, <laughs> when we were putting together the, the Power Prop Tech List 2023 and, and my, doing my own interviews and editing the entrance and assembling and deciding who made the list and who did not, one of the things that came across was confidence, like confidence that the bet that the worst is behind the industry, the fallout from inflation other economic troubles we mentioned the regional bank crisis and of course the covid pandemic that that is behind the industry now and there is opportunity ahead but like we've been talking about it's just going to be a much different landscape
2: so. i think you know i'm an optimist um possibly because i've been in real estate too long in one form or another and it rampant, sometimes unbridled optimism tends to run through that industry more than any other. Uh, however, I am a believer that um, technology is changing things for the better. Uh, a quick example, we see it in the construction industry. Once the most backward sector of real estate, now arguably the most technologically savvy and hungry for technology sector of real estate Um, and adapting it very well, not costing jobs, not uh, having a lot of failures. They've had failures, but not a lot, but mostly making things far more efficient in what was, you know, since the ancient pharaohs, a very inefficient way of uh, working.
1: Right. I mean, I think if there's if there's one industry in the United States right now, or one major industry that faces myriad challenges, it, it's kind of the commercial real estate industry. It's got a lot of issues to work out, and I think technology is inescapably going to play a role. I just don't see how how it cannot uh, going forward. But uh, Philip Russo, who writes the PropTech insider newsletter for Commercial Observer. And I'm Tom Acatelli, one of the editors of Commercial Observer. We've been talking today on the Backstory podcast about how we put together the Power PropTech 2023 list. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us in this deep dive into Commercial Observer's PropTech Power List. Keep your eyes on this space because PropTech, despite its trials, isn't going anywhere. You can access the list at CommercialObserver.com and you can subscribe to this podcast wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on them all. See you next week.